Hello and welcome to Chick Flicks. I'm Mackenzie Chapman. And I'm Bridget Hovell. And in this episode of Chick Flicks, we're talking about the movies John Wick and Revenge. But first, let's catch up. So, Bridget, what are you into? Okay, um, I'm reading a book by Karen Russell, who's this great uh, like short fiction writer. She also wrote Swamplandia, which came out a few years ago. Um, and her new book is called Orange World. There's, it's just like she's kind of known for like these um, like magical realism short stories, a lot like Carmen Maria Machado. I, mm-hmm. I would say they're, they're like in the similar vein. Um, cool. Like I just finished a short story uh, about this boy who finds a girl in a bog from like thousands of years ago. She's been preserved and wow. she becomes his girlfriend, even though she's just oh, like, yeah. a, a corpse he like walks around <laughs> with. Just stuff like that. Um, yeah. And everyone takes it like everyone reads it like super straight. Like everyone responds mm-hmm. to her, her, the corpse, like it's his girlfriend. Um, mm-hmm. I watched Always Be My Maybe last weekend. Did you watch mm-hmm. it? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a prime, a s- like delicious Ke- Keanu Reeves role. <laughs> and cameo yeah he yes he's very like this is a good week to be doing john wick since it really so is in we're everyone's in, mind we're in the keanu sans he's yeah. so good in that movie so charming i want i i thought he made the movie like i thought it was cute otherwise but i mean i i disagree oh, <laughs> but okay. i think i feel like their chemistry is what made the movie yeah. ali wong and randall uh Rand, randall Randall, I don't know. I he, don't know his name. I'm embarrassed. Randall but, Park. Oh, uh, Randall Park. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I thought their chemistry was what made it for me, but um, I did really like Keanu Reeves in the movie, mm-hmm. I, and I thought he was really funny, and I thought I liked all their jokes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Um, there are a few like fat jokes that kind of brought me out of it and i was like this right. is not i was like super not into that but it, overall, it's just so easy not to do a fat joke you know mm-hmm. it's like why why put it in if it's like just like ugh, that's how i felt about anyway. thor and avengers yeah. like there's other ways to make this funny about yeah. him like Anyway, and then I also saw <laughs> Booksmart last weekend, which oh, how was it? kind of got controversial on the internet right now. Some people are like, oh. it is in the canon of coming of age teen mm-hmm. stories. Uh, I liked it a lot, um, but, you know, I don't think I'm, like, falling over myself for it, you know? Oh, okay. Did you see it? No, no. I really wanted to, but it's only playing at, like, 3 p.m. and yeah. 11 p.m. in my oh, theaters. And I'm like, okay, when... Not how you. will i see this <laughs> that's not good yeah. um yeah it was really good i really enjoyed all the performances uh it is one of those movies though too obviously like a lot of coming of age stories are about like affluent white kids but this movie like there are some scenes where i was just like this is so like la like kids in la mm-hmm. you know um that it's certainly not a universal story uh okay but i really enjoyed it still I still want to, I still really want to see it. I'm sure that'll like it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I, uh, my younger sister, Jenny was a jock in high school and she saw it and was like, I really felt seen by this movie. And I was like, Jenny, this is not for you. This was not made for you. Please don't appropriate this movie. (laughs) This is for girls who were not kissed in high school. (laughs) Wow. I love that. Yeah. What about you? What are you into this week? Um, so the number one thing that I'm into is this anime called Haikyuu and it's about volleyball. Ooh. <laughs> and you may think there's this really funny YouTuber called, 
I think it's like ProZD's his name. I might be wrong, but he does like vi- short videos about anime and stuff. And mm-hmm. he has one where he's like, volleyball. I don't give a fuck about volleyball. And then he cuts to after watching Haikyuu and he's like, oh my god, the emotion. Everyone's so beautiful. Oh my it's gosh, that's like literally how I feel. Is it but, a volleyball team? Yes. Oh, so. Cool. Our friends Evan and Alyssa visited last weekend, and Evan makes, he designs, like, RPG tabletop games. I Mm -hmm. think that's what they're called. And he made one based on this, like, anime, and we all played it together, and then I started watching it after we played the game. And it's so good. It's just, whenever something is about friendship and ambition, aka teamwork, I'm, like, wholeheartedly invested in it, and this is really, like checking off the boxes and another thing that i'm really into is a web comic called lore olympus mm. and a lot of the i feel like in a similar way to haikyuu it's like a lot of comics and i feel like animation do this really well where it just like distills a comedic moment like so perfectly into like a single frame yeah so oh it's know, a retelling just, of hades and Persephone's story Yes, Laura Olympus is, yeah. Um, And it's like a, it's super, I've like never read a webcomic before. And this actually was shown to me through a Facebook ad. (laughs) I've like never clicked a Facebook ad ever before, but I did. And I'm so glad I did because it's so cute. Um, But it's like a very short chapter every week. So that's kind of frustrating, but it's, it's really good. Um, and then the third thing I'm into is a show on HBO called Miss Sherlock. <laughs> How have I not heard of this? And it's a, well, it's a Japanese show um, about Sherlock Holmes, but it's a woman and they're the both leads are women. And okay, I, I'm into it. It's obviously like, like, sure, like. It's obviously something that we've seen a million times, but Sherlock being played by a woman is, like, it is different. Like, she's just, like, it's nice to see, like, a woman be able to be an asshole and a genius. Like, what is Sherlock known for? Being an asshole and a genius. And it's, like, it's nice to see a woman, like, inhabit that role. And the actress who plays her gives a very, like, um, Cate Blanchett, like, like, queer vibe. Mm -hmm. And I'm very into it. It's just, like... I, it's nice to sort of like throw on in the background because yeah. like I said it is something that we've seen a million times but mm-hmm. it's has a more lovable vibe to it I think than mm-hmm. some of the other Sherlock I wonder if Sherlock the property is like the most adapted property of all time I don't know I would think it that and like Shakespeare is probably yeah yeah up there but Sherlock mm-hmm. is everywhere we have so many Sherlocks yeah yep the first movie we're talking about is 2014's John Wick 2014's John Wick first introduced audiences to a mysterious assassin in an almost magical underworld of violence and vengeance. Played with extra mystery by Keanu Reeves, John Wick is forced out of retirement after a gang of young mobsters kill his puppy, which was a gift from his late wife. In his quest to avenge the death of his dog, Wick kills over 80 people, reaffirming his nickname of the Boogeyman. So this, I had only seen John Wick like in parts on TV before sitting down and watching this whole movie. Mm. But I think I'm very biased for the most part against like action movies. They have a lot of trouble holding my attention 
just because like when action is happening, I assume it's like not always super integral to the plot. It's just kind of like filler between yeah. plot points. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm not paying attention. Um, mm-hmm. But that being said, John Wick is like, was like very fun to watch, mm-hmm. you know, and definitely kept my attention, which is like mm-hmm. the nicest thing I can say about an action yeah. movie. Yeah. Yeah. I feel, I mean, I think you're right in that a lot of mm-hmm. action is, is just like filler. And I think the same could be said for john wick as well oh yeah but but it is like the way that it's choreographed the like sets the lighting it's all like it's very like beautiful to watch i feel like which is like mm-hmm. and it's all very deliberate yeah like like a dance i think it works because without this is like an original property it's not based on a comic book or a video game but you get the sense that it is almost because the world building um is pretty like lived in and mm-hmm. there is kind of like this um like magical but mysterious non-realistic element to it um right like this- it does seem almost magical because it's like this like seedy underbelly that it's like a parallel universe where they have like their own currency yeah their own rules their mm-hmm. own like uh like hierarchy of like power and like ethics too and that like they Mm -hmm. never you know like no normal people are killed in this movie it's everyone it's just violence enacted upon like people in this society um yeah but i it it does seem like uh pretty like lived in when we're introduced to it and i think that's one of the reasons why it has developed successfully into like an ongoing franchise like the third installment just came out um i haven't seen the other two have you i've seen john wick two i haven't seen the third one yet but mm-hmm. I want to. I do want to see it. Yeah, I want you to. Um, I did think it was interesting that this movie is made by um, two men who kind of have experience with, like, stunt work and uh, action. Chad Stahileski and David Leitch, the former, was Keanu's stunt double from The Matrix, which is pretty cool. That is cool. You could yeah. tell it's definitely, like, very... Uh, the success of the movie hinges upon the stunts, I feel like. For sure. And it's... Uh, it's almost, it's balletic almost to watch it. Um, yeah. and we pulled this pretty interesting read, um, by Ricky Deres and Looper. It's called how John Wick changed action movies and no one noticed. And so this guy points out that that's uh, the style of action in this movie is gun fu, like a play on Kung Fu. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says, John Woo first cultivated the style, a mixture of Kung Fu and you guessed it guns with 1986 is a better tomorrow. Before then Hong Kong cinema saw firearms as less appealing than aesthetically pleasing martial arts. But Wu enticed audiences by combining a sense of grace and acrobatic combat with visually stunning gunplay. To add even more authenticity, the directing duo were determined to include as much footage of Reeves as possible, resisting the temptation to use highly trained stunt doubles. No spring chicken at the age of 49 when filming began, Reeves performed the vast majority of stunts himself, spending four months of pre-production honing his technique. Training included Japanese jiu-jitsu, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, standing judo, tactical three-gun, and center axis relock, a shooting system designed for close quarter combat so a lot of that meant nothing to me but i'm like okay they 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 did their homework uh yeah there's like a cool video of halle berry doing the training for the third john wick movie um it just looks like pretty impressive and like kind of Mm -hmm. fun like i hate guns but it was sort of fun to watch halle berry do it (laughs) yeah this is a gun heavy a gun heavy movie for sure i love videos watching actors like learn stunts yeah. <laughs> uh, like I loved all the behind the scenes videos in Game of Thrones of like Maisie Williams and Gwendolyn Christie mm-hmm. like practicing with yeah. like rods. Love that. Mm-hmm. Uh and I do like it. It is 
better when you see the actor doing the stunts. It seems more like lived in and real. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like not like Tom Cruise, like in any of the Mission Impossible where you just get the sense that Tom Cruise is like ready to like end his life for this movie. Yeah. <laughs> like he's yeah. ready to like break a knee. <laughs> Uh, but really, he probably, though, he like, probably has. Yeah. Yes, I think he did. I think he has. Yeah. <laughs> so, Keanu Reeves is like the focal point of this movie, mm-hmm. um, and he's kind of a polarizing actor. And I've seen a lot of people on Twitter like talking about him as such lately. Um, where a lot of people are in the camp that he can't really act. He's always playing the same thing. Um, but I think that's so interesting because um, we read this great piece by Angela Angelica Jade Bastian called "The Grace of Keanu Reeves." where she points out one of the critiques of Keanu all the time is, like, he's playing himself. And she was like, that means you're presuming to know what Keanu Reeves is like. Right. You know? Like, what he's like in person. Yeah. Um, and not, like, that's a persona he's putting on for yeah, a movie. Yeah, I thought that was smart, too. Because so mm-hmm. many people say that about so many actors, where they're just like, it's, it's that's just who themselves. they are. Yeah. It's like, we don't know them. <laughs> I know. Exactly. Like, this, this is a movie. We, they're not our friends. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that he he's very minimalistic. Uh and almost, I don't mean wooden in a bad way. He's just like, almost like a, he's just like a throwback. Uh, I feel like, yeah, uh, he's also very, seems very like readable, like his face. Does true. that make sense? Yeah, he's very like, transparent. And another thing that Angelica Jade Bastian said in her, um, mm. re- like a review of this movie, mm. or just of Keanu Reeves, basically, she was going through like his... Uh, repertoire um, and she said I found myself attracted to Keanu's presence because of the way he marries typically masculine and feminine qualities he's both intense and vulnerable kind and tough honest and mysterious Keanu of course isn't the first star to exist at the crossroads of viral viral <laughs> viral <and> vulnerable <laughs> actors like James Dean Montgomery Clift and Paul Newman embody a similar alchemy that have drawn women and men to them but these actors often seem to fight against the lustful gaze of the camera while Keanu Reeves supplants himself to it while they seem cynical disinterested or too wounded as a romantic lead Keanu is utterly open yeah he seems like fragile almost yeah yeah, definitely. Yeah, like vulnerable for sure. Mm-hmm. Which I think is why it's like such a uh, this John Wick movie. I feel like I haven't seen much that he's in, to be honest. But mm-hmm. like, uh, in the the like arc of his, like, I guess his journey is just so like affecting because you he is so vulnerable. It's like I feel like if it this role of John Wick was played by someone who wasn't also shown to be vulnerable it would just be like a meaningless bloodbath but because he's shown to be so like hurt Mm -hmm. you're like you want to you want justice for him yeah so the film opens with uh it's established that john wick's wife is dead she died of cancer and right before she died she arranged for him to have this beagle puppy brought to him named daisy and i was nervous i had no i knew that the franchise like started with the death of his wife and then the death of the puppy but so many times you watch an action movie and the wife's death or the daughter's death is like an incentive for the uh, man to like go on a, a, a killing spree to mm-hmm. avenge her but mm-hmm. i like that she died of cancer it's not like she yeah. was assassinated because then uh, it yeah. makes his grief um less about like 
just kind of I don't know like less that her death was like instrumental for you know like right it's not about like him I feel like it's not like she was killed because someone trying to get to him which I feel like is the case for all of like those other movies where it's Mm -hmm. like it like spurs this revenge it's more Mm -hmm. like he's just just it's like a normal thing that other people can relate to and and then the puppy really like (laughs) I cried Well, okay, I I mean, I knew it was coming, so I was like, fuck, this is the cutest puppy they could have picked, too. This is, like, (laughs) an adorable puppy. I could have done with, like, two more scenes of him and the puppy. You know, like... I mean, same. But I still cried. Oh, my God, yeah. Oh, my God, And the puppy, like, crawled, so... And... (laughs) And the puppy, like, John Wick is passed out because he's gotten beat up, and the puppy Mm. has been, like, injured... And is bleeding, but while but John Wick wakes up and the puppy has crawled over to die next to John Wick. Mm. Oh my god! Just thinking about it now, I'm like gonna start crying again. Uh, so <laughs> so sweet. I yeah. googled. There's a website called Does the Dog Die, and it uh, you can check movies where it won't spoil the movie for you. It'll just say like. <sighs> A horse dies, a dog dies, you know, mm-hmm. or it'll also give you like trigger warnings. Like if you're not into like eye stuff, like someone gets a needle mm-hmm. in their eye, kind of oh useful website. Yeah. Uh, and so I looked up if dogs die in the other John Wick movies because I was like, I cannot enter this contract mm-hmm. where I watch these films where do- dogs die. <laughs> <laughs> do um, they? No. But okay. uh, I think in the third one, from what I understand, the dogs like play a bigger part, kind of. Like, I think, well, Holly I think Halle Berry is like part, it was like a dog trainer that's like yeah. her like thing is she has like german shepherds that attack people yeah i heard that one gets shot but it's wearing a vest so oh, okay <laughs> it's fine <laughs> um they're working dogs uh yeah this was so sweet and at the end of the movie he kind of picks up a new dog a pit bull yeah. who's gonna be put down very very sweet i think that this movie like um does a really good job of making his like externalized grief not like feel kind of like gross or exploitative about his wife being dead you know yeah um yeah for an action movie it's like kind of subtle almost like she's represented yeah. in like a motif of daisies mm-hmm. um and yeah i i liked it i thought i was it's, impressed by it i feel like this movie is so successful because it's so straightforward and almost like simple in that it's mm-hmm. like you know why he's upset <laughs> you know he's a badass <laughs> And like he's gonna, he's there to do one thing, and he does it, and it's like that's all there is to it. You're not it's, like, yeah, the formula works. Yeah, <laughs> I will say that a lot of angry men in the IMBD comments being like, uh, if Keanu, if John Wick is so good, how did he allow those thugs to surprise him, beat him up, and kill his dog? And I'm like, because he was in retirement, he had yeah. cemented all of his weapons downstairs. Yeah. <laughs> he's trying to live a straight life, like. Don't you... God. <laughs> I love yeah. their house, too. Like, that was some pretty good um, real estate porn. Yeah. The, all of the sets in this movie are, like, incredible. The location scouting was, like, so good. I And it, it really did mm-hmm. contribute to it feeling like it was sort of this, like, parallel universe or, like, this yeah. underbelly. Um, like we said, like, this isn't based on a comic, but you can see how this would translate into a comic book like perfectly even the subtitles for the russian characters Mm -hmm. are like very graphic like a comic book yeah Mm -hmm. i i will say that i like this one 
way more than the second one because Mm -hmm. I think the second one gets too into like the other world I guess you could say I think this one's successful because it like I said because it's like simple and it does what it needs to do while it gives you Mm. like this taste of like it's not other interesting like answering a bunch of questions you know it's just like right like who was what's up with this hotel it's like we don't need to know the whole story exactly but the Mm. second one definitely goes more into that and it just becomes a little like too much like a little too ridiculous yeah um that at least that's what i thought and like even like the gun stuff gets like a little too much if you can imagine it getting more than this one it does (laughs) it is a very pro-gun movie which is kind of uncomfortable in like today's climate climate because it's like a gun fantasy in a way um which is like uh similar to the matrix sort of where it's like Mm -hmm. a lot of gun stuff that's just like not really i don't know it doesn't really work for me yeah, it's it's so interesting to think like a lot of our superhero movies nowadays are like gunless. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like the only the most lame characters in the Marvel universe have to use a gun. <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> everyone else is cool. Um, a really great supporting cast. I love Willem Dafoe, and will show up for Willem Dafoe mm-hmm. in any movie. Yeah. Um, also, Tyra from Friday Night Lights. Happy to see her getting work as Miss Perkins. Uh, <laughs> like, genuinely have so much affection for that show that I'm just happy to see her in anything. Aww. Uh, also, um, Liz Lemon's best boyfriend, Dennis Duffy, is in this movie. I'm not sure what his name is or what his purpose is, but he's, like, the second, like, in command to the Russian mobster. I hate I hated that he was in this movie. Because <laughs> I just think of him as the insurance Chaos, guy, and it pulls me, like, right out of it. I'm like, God, it's the insurance guy. <laughs> I know. It must be so hard as an actor to be, like, so placeable. Uh, yeah. You know, like a brand, basically. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I I love Dennis Duffy, so I'm here for it. I haven't seen 30 Rock, so I mean, I'd probably feel different if it was... Yeah, you had like one other thing to associate him with. Yeah. Um, okay, so thought it was weird that when, <laughs> when they first called John Wick the Baba Yaga, I'm like, wait, isn't Baba Yaga like an old woman? Isn't she yeah. like an old Russian woman? <laughs> I thought the same thing. <laughs> and then they're like, the boogeyman. Um, but... <laughs> It'd be like calling him like, like he's the wicked witch or something. Yeah, you know, like something where you're, yeah, I don't know. Uh, but I think also that this movie is cool because it does lean into like kind of the mythology or like makes him very mythic. Mm-hmm. And I read an article I just thought was actually okay uh, on Fanbite by Moira Hicks called "John Makes a Modern Fairy Tale." Uh, but she kind of makes this interesting point that in fairy tales, like the witch who like a a king when a king like disrespects a witch like the witch is the one person the king can fear and we see that a lot in like fairy tales and stuff that um you don't want to piss off a witch uh and she says Moira Hicks writes that um do do that there is no masculine analog within eastern european storytelling uh Koshi the Deathless is an iconic, wrathful, and nigh immortal as Baba Yaga herself. Naming John Wick for Baba Yaga instead of Koshi places him inside a lineage of feminine power, feminine wrath, and feminine antagonism to the governance of men. John Wick is not wronged like a man. John Wick is wronged like a witch. John Wick is wronged like the only woman the king fears and the only person who can truly hold the king to his word. Um, Which I thought was like an interesting read of this, that he's like kind of like a wronged witch or an angry woman seeking vengeance, which will be an interesting tie into our next movie. Um, yeah. Yeah. I feel like what would this movie have been like if she, if John wick was actually like an old woman? 
Yeah, that be cool. <laughs> oh man. Well, I was reading that they wanted an actor in their sixties, mm-hmm. like to make it more like he was in retirement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you know, mm-hmm. yeah. What if I it mean, was like Jamie Lee from Halloween? Oh, yes. As I mean, men would be so angry about that. They'd be like, "This is not realistic." <laughs> uh, yeah, be fun. that would be super fun to watch, though. The, and that's the other thing about these both of these movies too is like obviously they're not fucking realistic. Like mm-hmm. reading the comments on both of these movies where people were like, "This is not how this would have happened." Like this is like a stretch of belief. Um, yeah, like it, it's a fucking action movie where Keanu Reeves is, like jumping off of like three story buildings and like landing on his feet. <laughs> you know, like it's not. It's a fantasy. Yeah. Uh, God, you know, um, that just really gets me. It's the movie magic. Yeah, it's movie magic, and it especially pissed me off reading reviews of Revenge, where I'm like, I hope you assholes are in the comments of John Wick also being like, this isn't realistic, you yeah. know, and they're like, it's not realistic that a, like, 120-pound woman would be able to, like, fight down these three men. I'm like, mm, it's a movie. <laughs> it's also not realistic that John also, Wick would there are kill guns. 80 people yeah. in, like, yeah, exactly. one hour. <laughs> yeah, the, a bloodbath. Um, yeah. yeah, for sure. Uh, what do you think that um, Mrs. Wick did for a living? <laughs> I was trying to like imagine what her life was like that she met John Wick. I don't. I honestly don't know. Part of me is like she imagines her as like a Jan from The Office where she just makes candles ah, or yes, something. Yes, I love it. I love it. But I don't know. I, you think? I would I would love her to be like a preschool teacher or something. Oh my gosh, that'd be so cute. And she goes home and she lives in this nice big house from her husband's like blood money. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I love that. So good. Uh, only got one one star review that I thought was worth reading from this because literally, as I mentioned, all of them are like guys that are just angry about the, the logistics of this movie <laughs> or being like, nothing happens. Um, this person wrote Keanu Reeves, who is still a sight for most female and many male sore eyes, even in his fifties cannot save the film. And this is in parentheses. I think quite few women would have the overwhelming interest to watch the film despite its handsome protagonist. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for speaking for us. <laughs> Uh, well, I feel like, I don't know, maybe because he is so vulnerable, mm-hmm. I, I can, like, he, he opens his heart. He's, like, not afraid to show his emotions, I feel yeah. like. Agreed. And, I, and, I, and as a woman. <laughs> yeah, uh, we like that. Yeah. <laughs> We're super into that. Uh, this made me think, watching this, on my birthday last year, we watched Something's Gotta Give. With Diane Keaton and Jack Nicholson. Do you remember that? Oh, my and God. Keanu Reeves is Horrible. so hot in that movie. And yes. It's just, that is unrealistic. That is yeah. a break with reality. That, can't, that Diane Keaton would not be with Keanu Reeves. Yes. And pick Jack Nicholson. Because Jack Nicholson's horrible in that movie. Yeah, wow. he is horrible in that movie. Oh, oh my that, God. Talk about a, a fantasy. <laughs> it's like the opposite. I know. <sighs> oh, and he's like a really good... It's like a really good Keanu age, too. Where he's yeah. like... He's a good age. He's a good, like, he's a nice person. Yeah. He's rich. A rich doctor. Rich doctor. Uh, Have you seen Speed? No. Oh, you gotta watch Speed. Speed was formative for me as a child. (laughs) I should watch. It's like, the the romance between Sandra Bullock and Keanu Reeves is, like, so hot. Wow. It's so stupid, too. I'm sold. It's hot and stupid. (laughs) Like, they, they're, like, they're on, I don't know if you know the premise, but they're on yeah. a bus that can't, okay, <laughs> there's this terrorist, <laughs> Counters is a cop, 
Uh, Sandra Bullock is a normal woman. There's this terrorist who puts a bomb on the bus that if the bus goes under like 75 miles per hour, it explodes. So Sandra Bullock is driving the bus. And Keanu Reeves, as a cop, jumps onto the bus. And the whole movie is just them on the bus, driving the bus. And they can't, again, they can't go under a certain speed limit or it explodes. Okay. (laughs) And like, they're like flirting the whole time and like into each other. And they're saying things like... Um, like romance under pressure, like never work out, like like stuff like that. <laughs> it's, it's on the bus. It's so silly. It's on a bus the whole time. It's so funny. Uh, and apparently, oh, well. they both had crushes on each other during filming. Oh, Sandra Bullock told Ellen, and then Ellen asked Keanu Time. about it, and Keanu was like, "Yeah, I had a crush on her, but we were at work, and I wanted to be respectful." Wow. Wow. Keanu, dang. I know. I think they're both single, so what's going on? Oh, my gosh. Please. (laughs) Reconnect. Reconnections. Yes. Amazing. Okay, Mackenzie, what are your final thoughts and uh, ratings for Um, John Wick? Gonna rate it a seven and a half. I do really like this movie a lot. Mm-hmm. I would rate it a full eight if he got like a headband or a barrette to clip back his hair. Oh my god! <laughs> Can you imagine how cute that would be? A headband? Uh, oh. A headband? That would yeah. be so cute. I know. Oh, I love it. Um, yeah, Keanu's this movie is his vehicle, and it, while it's not gonna explode if it slows down, <laughs> I'm gonna give it a six. With love. I would watch this. This is a perfect, like, Saturday afternoon, like, you put on TV just to see what's on while you're, like, doing other shit. And you're like, oh, John Wick is on. Perfect. I will catch 20 minutes of John Wick. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would watch the entire series like that just through, like, 20 minutes uh, <laughs> checking in. <laughs> okay. So next up is a totally different type of revenge movie called Revenge. Directed by French filmmaker Coralie Fargy, Revenge begins with an American socialite, Jen, vacationing at the remote desert home of her married boyfriend, Richard. Things quickly go to hell with the arrival of Richard's hunting partners, Stan and Dimitri. After a night of drinking and partying, Stan assumes that Jen's flirtations meant that she wanted to sleep with him. When she rebuffs him, Stan violently rapes her, while Dimitri actively ignores her cries. Richard proves to be the biggest bromaniac of all when upon finding out about Stan's rape of Jen, he pushes his girlfriend off a cliff. With her life on the line, Jen rises from the ashes and the hunter becomes the hunted. Um, I have to give credit to A.O. Scott for coining bromaniac. He wrote that in a review and I was like, uh, I love bromaniac. (laughs) So funny. The Uh, animaniacs. It's like what? Like the animaniacs. Yeah, bromaniac. It's such a silly word for like such a, to describe this terrible man too. Um, But it like... It, it can fit a lot of people. It's like a genre of men. It's true. <laughs> bromaniac. <laughs> uh, Patrick Bateman, bromaniac. Yeah. I mean, that uh, guy a type that's of bro. swimmer, rapist, Brock Turner. Bromaniac. Bromaniac. <laughs> yep. Uh, yep, yep, yep. Um, I mean, yeah, these guys are kind of, pa- I mean, Richard is kind of Patrick Bateman-y. Uh, he's yeah. like a more fun- higher functioning Patrick Bateman-y. Yeah. Um, uh, watched this yesterday, had heard a lot about it, and mm-hmm. the more I think about it, the more I like it. Like, yeah, when I, when I, I finished it, I was like, okay. And then, like, more reading about it and mm-hmm. reading interviews with Coralie Fargi, uh, really like it. What about yeah, you? same, yeah. same. I felt the exact same way. Like, mm-hmm. as I was watching it, I was like, okay, like, okay, mm-hmm. okay, okay, okay. And mm-hmm. then, 
I read this morning because yesterday I watched it and this morning mm-hmm. I read all the stuff that you sent me and yeah. I was like wow I like this movie way more after reading about it <laughs> yeah like a lot of the things that you could take at face value reading interviews with the director you're like this was intentional you know like this is right. her vision that she yeah, yeah she wanted you to feel this way and think that way too because right. to be honest like I was kind of wondering why watching it you know like why this movie like why this plot like why mm-hmm. why is it shot like this um mm-hmm. you know why in the the final act of the film is Jen kind of still in you know like a bikini right but, there are like still booty shots like mm-hmm. well into the movie yeah and I was like I mean, I feel like I'm, this may be jumping ahead too much. Should That's I okay. still no, I keep go for it. Go for it. Yeah. Okay. Um, like in the beginning, it's clear that like she is being shown this way for a reason, and it's because these like men are wanting to do bad things to her. But then it's like mm-hmm. after she is like in warrior mode, but you yeah. still get this like panning shot of her ass and i'm like okay wait but aren't we past this now yeah but it does like it makes sense when in an interview that you sent um Mm -hmm. with Coralie, she says um let's see she says i wanted her body to be the center of the story from the beginning to the end and then um in an interview we read by, or not an interview, and then in a review we read by Manuela Lazik from uh, The Ringer, she says, mm. um, Coralie's loving complex attention to Jennifer's body and the life that runs through it is what makes revenge more than your typical exploitation flick. The objectifying shots of her body are still present, but they now belong to her and to every woman watching who enjoys being beautiful for her own sake. Jen reclaims her beauty and redefines it on her own terms. The camera makes her into a true heroine and wider angles don't emphasize her majestic stance atop precipices as she looks through binoculars. Uh, like Alicia Vikander's uh, Lara Croft. Yeah. So I think in the beginning, there is literally a shot where, or like several shots where the character Dimitri is looking at Jen through binoculars. And that is based, it's like bisecting her body and like cutting her up. And it parts. makes me f- Yeah, it's like the male gaze is literally like deconstructing her and like dangerous, basically dehumanizing her into yeah, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But then it's like later she has the binoculars. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like whenever you hear critiques of a pop star, you know, who is in some way interested uh, in feminism or like uh, like Beyonce, for instance. uh, When people are like, "Why is Beyonce?" like dress like that on stage uh, mm-hmm. and, and it's like because it's you're basically assuming that like Beyonce like can't enjoy her own body you know right. or like Beyonce is not like interested in her own sexuality or like right. that her sexuality is just for men and not for other women to enjoy as well on stage right. um, and that's how I that's how I feel about this movie too in the like the final act um, even is, in the beginning like mm-hmm. she likes having sex like she's yeah. having fun in the beginning when she's having consensual sex with Richard she likes it and she yeah. likes like dancing and stuff and yeah. it's just like it's just when obviously it becomes non-consensual mm-hmm. and yeah. she feels in danger where it like 
script is not okay. Yeah. I felt like in a good way, very challenged by this movie from a feminist perspective, you know, mm-hmm. like wanting her to be more clothed and then like being like, why do I want that? You know, or like, why would yeah. that make her a more legitimate hero in the last act right. of this movie? Um, and Corley was saying that um, we're on first name terms with the director. Uh, <laughs> that just because you, you know, can't she, pronounce yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, she was saying that like she wanted to make the, you know, her flirting with Stan and the other men like as extreme, like as, you know, like kind of explicit as possible. So you can, you would know that it's still not okay for Stan to rape her. Right. You know, like, like her being that flirtatious and like kind of grinding yeah. on him and stuff still doesn't make it okay what he does right. to her, um, which I really like that. And, Oh, the, like there's so many like intense visceral shots in this movie. Mm-hmm. I particularly hated right as she's kind of being raped when Dimitri, the third man, walks mm-hmm. in on them mm-hmm. and is eating like, like a, a Snickers bar or something. Yeah. And it's just an extreme close up of his mouth, and he kind of just yeah. seems like this vapid kid, you know, mm-hmm. like just snacking while watching. And, it, and it's just like repulsive, and it just kind of shows how. Mm-hmm. It, 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 pu- it puts you in the kind of frame of mind of um, Jen because she, like, no one would want to have sex looking at that. Like, it's disgusting. Like, yeah. Like, you don't, like, mm-hmm. nothing about it is desirable. Yeah. There's a lot of emphasis now that I think about it on the men's mouths. Like, Stan also, mm-hmm. like, does, like, this lick thing where they compare mm-hmm. him to an iguana a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of like that they're, like, consumption-based um, mm-hmm. creatures. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I thought... Uh, an elevating like factor of this movie was how the kind of um, intercuts she would do with animals and insects, particularly insects. Like Mm -hmm. the first, before anything bad happens in the movie, there's this shot of a green apple that's decaying and an an ant is crawling on it. So it's like this kind of like foreboding, like uh, it just makes you feel on edge and you can't really place why like watching these insects makes you feel so uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we see the insects, the ants on Jen's body when she's been impaled by a, by a tree yeah so basically jen is on this vacation with her boyfriend who's married and he she is like flirting with everyone but then the boyfriend goes away and Mm -hmm. the one of his friends rapes her and then after that the boyfriend sort of uh, he pushes her off a cliff and then she falls on a tree and she's impaled by the tree Mm -hmm. um but she survives um but what did so what did you think about the rape i mean i was very surprised by it because this movie was like built as a rape revenge movie Mm -hmm. and you would think that the you just assume that the rape would be like almost visually more central to the story but it wasn't mm-hmm. in a really yeah. refreshing way yeah you, kind of, you see like a sliver of her face and that's it mm-hmm. like we don't yeah. need to see a rape scene to know a rape right. scene you know exactly yeah. like we all know what that looks like now we right the, the 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 cultural like knowledge of what that looks like yeah. in the movie i um, i was like very surprised at how much I, I didn't realize how much I was dreading seeing the mm-hmm. like I knew the rape was coming and I was like dreading it and after it happened I was like so relieved that we didn't actually were we weren't actually like forced to see it yeah and yeah. I was surprised at how relieved I was I was like I don't know especially weird. when you think how deep they go on other injuries and kind mm-hmm. of violence mm-hmm. in this movie you know we see her where she was impaled in, like, explicit detail. 
you know, we see her cauterizing her wound in explicit, explicit detail, like mm-hmm. real gore. But mm-hmm. her, um, her rape isn't just used like that. And I think yeah. that's an interesting contrast with John Wick, where mm-hmm. I was thinking that the violence in John Wick is almost like cartoonish compared to this movie. You know, there's, it's kind of just like someone dies, you know, like someone is shot, they die. Um, whereas in this movie, the consequences of a violent act, they have close-ups. characters are Mm -hmm. screaming in agony. Like the men scream in pain. Um, Mm -hmm. Jen never screams. She, she she screams from a nightmare, but from a nightmare. Yeah. But not like from like the injury, like in the way that men do. And the, and the injuries are like dealt with throughout the movie too. Like they have lasting impacts. Um, and I think it's because, this movie is so much more visceral and related to the body. Like it's exactly, exactly what she said. Like the body Mm -hmm. is like at the forefront of this film. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and when Jen is injured, it sort of goes into her perspective, Mm -hmm. which you see the, you see everything through her eyes. Like the camera goes like from her perspective and like there's blood dripping down her face and you, her, even the sound is like, like dampen because she has like been shot her ears been shot or whatever yeah. so she like can't hear or she's just lost so much blood that it's like you can't hear because <laughs> that's what mm-hmm. happens yeah and um, i think also it's kind of cool uh this is something ao scott points out in his new york times review that jen's survival one neither supernatural nor superhuman nonetheless grants her a quasi-mythic status i would mm-hmm. say it's like kind of supernatural and superhuman yeah um, for, i would definitely say that i i was like as soon as she was pushed off the cliff, I was like, wait, how is this movie going to continue keep going? I, I was, like, not expecting that, and I was very confused. I was like, did she, like, come back from the dead? And she essentially does. Yeah, she does. And they, they're pr- pretty, like, explicit about the phoenix imagery. Like, she brands a phoenix mm-hmm. on herself. She mm-hmm. burns the tree down that's underneath her. Mm-hmm. I like that you pointed out that there's a painting of the Virgin Mary in the apartment um, or in the house. Yeah, at the end scene where she's killing the final bad guy. The final guy? (laughs) The final guy, (laughs) Richard, um, (laughs) um, who was originally her, like, boyfriend. Uh, There's, like, a shot of this painting on the wall that's, I guess, Mary, I think. But Mm -hmm. she almost looks like an Andy Warhol, like, Marilyn Monroe painting because she's like her skin is blue and she has this like rouge makeup on her and then it cuts to jen who is behind a blue window so her she looks completely blue too and this whole time she's been like very the color palette in this movie is very like neon oversaturated and like she has these like pink star earrings in the beginning she has like she's just like completely in pink the whole time um and um i feel like it's sort of corley is kind of saying like in in so many movies there's like this horror mother dichotomy or whatever and like Mm -hmm. i think corley's kind of just like being like that's so stupid and sort of yeah. like making fun of it i think yeah by, by just by like i feel like corley is a funny person yeah I, it's like a, there's a lot of like 
humor in it. And, and mm-hmm. uh, Hazel Sills from Jezebel points out uh, in a review of the movie that while the movie might be minimalist on paper, its execution is anything but. It's loaded with humorous symbolism. It's hard mm-hmm. not to see what Fargi is saying when Jen rips out a particularly phallic tree branch from her side, or a naked Richard has to slip and slide his way down a dark, bloody, <laughs> let's say, yonic hallway. Mm-hmm. You know, I hadn't even thought of that, that it is like... He's covered in blood, you know, like naked coming yeah. <laughs> coming out of this white hallway. Mm-hmm. Um, that last, the last final act of this movie where it's Richard versus Jen was mm-hmm. so exciting to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really making you like understand the difference between a director who knows what they're doing with like an action scene too. Like the cuts mm-hmm. really amped up the tension. You're tracking of both when you were from the perspective of Richard looking for Jen and Jen looking for Richard where you mm-hmm. were like as, uh, as tense. Um, yeah. A lot of the, like, pretty, this entire movie is, like, so, all of the shots are so tight. You're just, like, Mm -hmm. with, you're following the person that the Mm -hmm. camera is focused on so much that you can't see anything else that's happening around them. You're just, like, on top of the person. And, I mean, that's kind of. It's really well done. Yeah, it puts you with them. And you're just, like, so tense because you know that other people are around you just can't see them which is the same Mm -hmm. way the character must be feeling and it just Mm -hmm. makes you like it's like so tense you just know that something's gonna happen like someone's gonna like pop up and like shoot someone yeah and so this is a gun heavy movie too and it annoys Mm -hmm. me that men are in the comments being like uh how could this like little girl kill these three men it's like because she has a fucking gun you know like they're not super (laughs) strong either you know they have guns uh (laughs) that's how uh (laughs) But yeah, that, that, that final sequence with Richard. I also like that Richard doesn't get like, he doesn't get like a big speech or anything. Like he starts to try to talk to her and she just like shoots him. Yeah. <laughs> and then he, at the like kind of the last moment where they're grappling, he's like, why do women always have to fight or something? Yeah. And it's like, this is why. Um, <laughs> I loved, I loved the music in this too, a lot. Like I thought the music was really fun, like kind of European pop. Mm-hmm. Uh, at times, or kind of mm-hmm. like techno dubstep mm-hmm. to like really amp up the uh, energy. thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. I agree. I would not want to go to the desert, period. Me neither. Where was this? Was this Morocco? It was Morocco, was it? yeah. It was okay. Morocco. I thought Mexico at first, and then I it says Morocco at the end. Okay. I was yeah. like, I had no idea <laughs> where they me. were. <laughs> yeah. It was very confusing to me. I, the, for the whole movie, I was trying I know, to I was figure like, it what out. What kind of animals are going to pop up? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure where this is. Yeah. Um, okay. The grossest scene, in my opinion, was the scene where Stan, who's the rapist, um, she, he's on foot pursuing Jen, and she super smartly like smashes her uh, flashlight, and he mm-hmm. steps on a piece of glass. And I was confused about what was happening at first. I didn't realize how deep the glass was in his foot because it's just like fingering his wound, oh like fingering my his God. wound for like five minutes, and then he yeah. pushes out this piece of glass. But it was so long, it was so long, and such. It's also kind of clearly a fake foot, but it's still really gross. It it was that ah. scene. It was so hard to watch. I I couldn't watch it. I couldn't I watch it either. Guys. I had to look away. I was like, yeah. this is intense. It was this like is, it was worse than the cauterizing scene because. But yeah, one hundred percent, it was worse yeah. than that. Yeah, that was kind of like almost abstract. You know, it was like so much blood, yeah. and I was like, eh, I can't. I can watch this, but. The foot seems so fucking terrible. I feel like almost fitting too, since he was the rapist and he sort of like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It was a very vaginal foot. I foot loved her. Thing yeah, happening. Foot. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I loved her flex on him. What I mean, it precedes her rape. But when he's he's like, "Why don't you like me?" and she's like, "I don't like short guys." Yeah. 
she's so honest. Yeah. Yeah. I feel uh, like there were a bunch of other things she could say, but she was like, what's like the nicest? Yeah. That I I like tall men. Uh, yeah. I guess my one quibble with this movie, um, I, I guess I needed more from Jen sometimes, you know, mm. other than yeah. just like rooting for her survival at a base level because like she, I don't know. I, I could have just used like a little more character shading for her. Right. I mean, yeah. she doesn't have any lines after 26 minutes. Yeah, you're right. She, yeah, she, so it's like, I definitely could have used more characterizing of her like i'm just thinking even about like if she had a few funny quips or something you'd feel so yeah. much more endeared to her too yeah you know like and that she was a person um, yeah but at the same time i'm like thinking about Coralie, and like the character they introduce us to is like kind of this vapid young girl who's like mm-hmm. i don't know what i want to be like i just want to go to la that's where everything yeah. happens yeah. and she's like no you guess what you still have to root for her you know like yeah. she's still she's still the the, the hero and of you this definitely movie. do yeah i mean I think, like, the difference between this and John Wick, like, I think that, like, I obviously care about both of the characters a lot, but John Wick, I feel like, is given more character than Mm. Jen, but I would say maybe I care about them equally because John Wick is sort of, I mean, it sucks because John Wick is given this choice. Like, he chooses to go on this journey of revenge, basically. Mm Um, it's like literally payback. He says everything comes with a price Mm -hmm. and like from the beginning. So he chooses this, this, this like bloodbath, but Jen is like forced into it. And like, as I was watching it, I was thinking like this, it didn't really feel like a revenge movie until she goes to kill like the like even the third guy like yeah. it just feels like a survival story pretty much yeah because they're trying to like, kill her you know? exactly yeah. she's like forced into it so i don't know yeah it's it, it, she doesn't like have as much agency mm-hmm. which makes sense because it, she's like i don't know mm-hmm. more of a victim than i think john wick was i guess yeah and it is more centered on her body too you know like what what her story, like Coralie points out, is like all about her body and like right. what happened to her body. Whereas John yeah. Wick is like it's externalized. It's like his wife, his dog. Yeah. You know? um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I really, really like this movie. Oh, I wanted to talk about something briefly. Um, so the kind of most famous and first uh, rape revenge movie was called "I Spit on Your Grave," and uh, from do 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 nineteen seventy eight. And uh, it's a movie about this metropolitan woman who moves to the countryside to write a book, and she is raped by, like, four of the men living in the country near her. And then she tracks them down one by one and kills them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was super controversial when it came out because of the sex scene and also because there's a scene where she chops off one of the men's dicks while he's in the bathtub. Like, she's kind of, like, seducing him. She's like, oh, I really liked it, you know? And he's in the bathtub, and she's, like, playing with him. Mm -hmm. And then she takes out a knife and cuts off his dick. And uh, there's this great book, uh, Men, Women, and Chainsaws by Carol J. uh, Clover. Clover, I'm sorry. uh, Where she talks, first of all, she points out that the scene, the bathroom scene in Psycho is, like, the most referenced scene in all of movies. And this Mm -hmm. is kind of, like, a reverse of it because it's a man in the bathtub Mm -hmm. and a woman comes in and chops off his dick. But she also... um, 
the the main character in I Spit on Your Grave is named Jennifer, which I thought maybe mm-hmm. that was a connection to this movie. I think and, Carly does say she was inspired by this. I think, oh, okay. In the interviews here. I mean that that makes sense. Yeah. But um, Carol J. Clover writes this, and I thought this was applicable to Revenge too. That um, one of the most disturbing things about I Spit on Your Grave is its almost perverse simplicity. The men are not odd specimens, but in the normal range of variation. Their acts of brutal rape are not traced to dysfunctional upbringing. No mother Bates is here. Jennifer takes the revenge she does not for t- takes the revenge she does not for deep-seated psychological reasons, but because it is punishment that fits the crime. There are no extenuating circumstances. The law is not involved, nor are legal questions raised, and there is no concern, whatever, not even the level of lip service with moral and ethical issues. Which I mean, totally applicable to this movie. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like John Wick, where it exists in this vacuum, where the only there's like no outside power. You just kind of have to like deal with things by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, like, in John Wick, it's a different set of rules that just mm-hmm. don't apply to reality. Yeah, for sure. Um, do you want to get into these terrible one-star reviews? <laughs> sure. Um, so, should we read all of them? Yeah. I feel like they're yeah, all... Yeah, they're all good. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, this is the first one. It's titled, Feminism at its Worst. Another reaction to the Weinsteins of the world where all the men deserve to be punished. I spit on your grave did this well and was of its time. This is just revenge for a failed election. Hashtag time's up for this garbage. Yeah, this movie is because Hillary Clinton lost the election. Like, we, <laughs> they had to make this movie. Um, this one made me laugh so hard. Just to make... This is a comment by John Wiltshire, author. Um, so he's a writer. Uh, the title of the review is Hard to Rate, Dash, or Is It? <laughs> At first, I thought this it would be unfair to give this movie a one star because the visuals are stunning and the movie almost deserves to be watched for them alone. The plot, with a minor tweak, could have been quite entertaining. Imagine, three men go on a hunting trip to the desert. One brings along his gorgeous young girlfriend. Unbeknownst to him, however, Jennifer is a cyborg. She was originally created to be part of a squad of elite military operatives, but during a secret mission, her programming went a bit wonky. So she was recalled and reprogrammed to be an escort for rich men, a new role she plays to perfection. It goes on from there, but I just love the idea of this man being like, no, no, a real woman will not do. This movie would have rocked if she was a robot. It's so I know how to fix it. It's so funny and so like... Uh, it's just like so, like the like it's so about her body and just like her having agency over her body mm-hmm. whether that be to like be sexy or be like a badass killing person that it's just like exactly the opposite of what Coralie wanted I know <laughs> the guy was like let me take what this movie is about and just it's what just if like this movie whole... was totally different yeah, <laughs> yeah. what if this was what if I wrote this movie yeah <laughs> Oh, my God. Do you want to read the next one? Yes, yes. So These are are two of the same type. (laughs) This is, why is she in her panties? Question mark, question mark, question mark. So sad they think this is necessary. Frowny face. They should have clothed her to be relevant. This is obviously sexist. Shame on you. She should have taken the dead guy's pants. There's at least a naked guy. We didn't talk about that, but Richard is naked in the last yeah. half. Uh, and I thought that, too. I was like, I'm glad Richard's naked. And we get a shot of his booty when he's in the shower. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Um, and his penis. And it makes him so much more vulnerable, too. Like, it's kind of delightful. Like, he's just naked and scared. Yeah. I thought that, too. I was like, oh, he's so, he's so, so weak. <laughs> yes. Uh, this is the last <laughs> review um, entitled, How Come? Question mark, question mark, question mark. 
She killed a man with whole body? Question, question mark. <laughs> you must be kidding. Dot, 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 dot. That's it. Whole body is H-O-L-E. So like with oh, her whole, whole I think body? it means, I think it means. With a hole in her body? With a hole in her body. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my God. Okay. So uh, my final thoughts and ratings for Revenge. Really happy we watched it. Um, really happy to support um, a first time debut feature film from a woman mm-hmm. um very excited to see what else she does mm-hmm. i really really liked it i think i'm going to give this a uh, seven um i would watch it again and i i do like survival mo- movies better than like action movies you know um i think mm-hmm. and yeah. i think this is a movie that like would benefit from rewatching too so i'll give it a seven and really enjoyed it and definitely recommend it i'm gonna get it give it a seven and a half mm-hmm. um because and it, with the potential to like grow as I think about it more, because that is, it has been like, uh, like growing steadily higher <laughs> the more I think yeah. about it, I feel like. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Really, really good. Happy we yeah. watched it. And a Me too. very interesting movie to pair with John Wick. Yeah. I think so too. Um, it would really help us if you left us a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at ChickFlixPod and email us at ChickFlixPodcast at gmail.com. Our next episode will air on June 24th and we'll be discussing Lizzie and The Handmaiden. ChickFlix is researched and written by Bridget Hovell and edited by Mackenzie Chapman. Many thanks to Tim Crave Carlson for our music. And thank you for listening to ChickFlix. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye.